Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Calvin the Shred Shed. Hello. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. Doing good. How about yourself? I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. I got Calvin okay. the Shred Shed guy on my, my <laughs> YouTube page right now. I'm ecstatic. Good. Good. <laughs> I Glad see you're be. properly uh, wearing a... Uh, what is that? You, you, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause he needs more advertising. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like when you dive deep enough into a hobby, everything you do is just like engulfed in that. Even the clothes you wear, it becomes mountain bike stuff and all that kind of stuff. So whether it be mountain bike brands or you're supporting merch from other YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to start uh, getting a little bit more immersed in it. <laughs> Like I, I ride bike. That's why I started this. I love chatting with people, but I just, I'm not like, I don't even wear jerseys when I ride. Ah, got Is it. that bad? No, it's not. So I've been biking my entire life and didn't, didn't get my first mountain bike jersey until probably three or four years ago. I was always just cotton t-shirt, man. Why is my shirt soaked after every ride? Everyone else looks perfectly fine. And it turns out it's because cotton shirts can't breathe at all. So and when you wear a normal jersey, it breathes and it doesn't absorb moisture and it's good. See, I'm I highly need, recommend one. I'm going to need a, a short sleeve one because I, I live in Miami. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of, I'm not kidding. It is just nasty sweat in this body. <laughs> it's not, it's not pretty. <laughs> so talk to me, where, 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 uh, where do you live? I mean, I think we, if, if you're, if you subscribe, you know where he lives, but where do you live? Tell the other fans. Yeah, I live in pretty much the middle of the lower peninsula of Michigan. Um, up until a couple of years ago, you would have never heard of Stanford, Michigan before. But if you heard of all the dams failing in uh, Stanford and Midland, Michigan, that's right where I live. So yeah. right in the middle of the flattest part of the state. Now, is is, is Michigan the hand state? Yeah. So yeah, now there's, a, there's a state once... next to us. There's a state next to us called Wisconsin, and they think they're also the hand state, but they're not. Michigan's the hand state. Now, so you're right here? Uh, right. Like pretty much right here, a little bit more towards the uh, be the eastern side, but pretty much right in the middle. That's just fun to do. I live right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is, I'm just noticing my pinky won't touch. Mine's the same way. What is that? Yeah, mine's the same way on both hands. Like I can force it, but yeah. I can't even, I can't force. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. I just noticed that. I'm like, I've got a freak pinky. <laughs> At least I'm not the other cool thing about Michigan maps is like the UP is the same way. So you can do the hand this way, but then if you rotate it this way, it's the general shape of the upper peninsula too. So then you have like the full state with your two hands. Oh yeah. Right? You guys have, you got, you got some lakes that are pretty big over there. That's right. And you're not near any of them, right? I mean, you're within like probably an hour drive oh, okay. from where I'm at. Actually, not even. Probably 45 minutes to the bay um, on the eastern side and maybe a little over an hour to the other side. So how's the weather up there right now? Um, it's typical Midwest winter slash spring. Um, we had like a couple 60 degree days and then it's back into like 20s and 30s. Uh, today it was like... 30 mile an hour winds and rain slash snow. Um, so it's like freezing and thawing. So if you try and walk on like the grass or anything anywhere, you sink like an inch into muck and then it's frozen below that. 
<laughs> it'll be a while before riding season kicks off here. Uh, see, there's times where you're not you're not shredding. Right. Yeah. Um, so riding season, I would say starts consistently probably end of April. You could probably start riding pretty consistently. And that'll go up until really November. And then you need about, I don't know, I don't fat bike very often, but you can fat bike up here in the snow if you get a good enough amount of snow. Um, but you need to, you need time for like a base to accumulate and for it to pack in and groom mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Um, so you get some riding around in the winter up here too, but. Yeah, I've seen some of videos that. where you're riding in the snow and I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> happening for me. Yeah, I'd love to do it more, but we don't have fat bikes and that's yeah, another commitment. So a family? Yeah, so uh, my wife and I, and then we just had our first daughter back in August of 2021. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> at least your Instagram where you feel like somebody's watching me <laughs> and you, you, the, the baby's head is kind of <laughs> so adorable. Yeah, but then we have a German Shepherd, Rusty. Good old Rusty. Uh, yeah, grown family. What's Rusty named after? So before my wife and I got big into mountain biking together, our big hobby we used to do is wakeboarding. Are you familiar with what wakeboarding is? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Some people don't know what it is, so yes. I wanted to check. But there's a professional wakeboarder named Rusty Malinowski, and we always thought it was the coolest name ever. And I wanted to name, if we ever had a son, I wanted to name him Rusty just because I like the name. Oh. And she, she was pretty much like, no, I'm like, fine, well, if we get a dog, we're naming him Rusty. So we had a dog, we named him Rusty. She picked the breed, I picked the name. It's kind of how it worked out. And it's, she's a shepherd, or he's a shepherd. Yep, yeah, sorry. Right. He's a shepherd. Beautiful mm -hmm. animal. Yeah. My goodness. Like, did you, you now again? I'm, I'm referring to your videos. I'm actually like a this is weird. Like, I'm a huge fan of yours. Like, <laughs> I love your page. Thanks. Like, this is one of those. So, I know I know a lot of your stuff pretty well. And, uh, what a beautiful animal and a trail dog. Yeah. So, that's the thing when we were when we were looking into getting dogs, I'm like, all right, if we're going to get a dog, like, we're going to get one that we can ride with. And not on every ride, but some dogs would be better for trail dogs and others based on like endurance and size and all that kind of stuff. So I initially wanted a blue healer for a dog because I think they're sweet. They're really energetic and all that a, kind of stuff. A blue what? It's called a blue healer. They're like a, a cattle dog. Um, Google. They're really cool looking, I think, anyways. They're a smaller dog, though. Um, and forgive me, I don't know much about dogs, so I'm not going to rattle off a bunch of history on them yeah. or anything. But... Um, yeah, so I wanted a blue healer, and my wife wanted a German Shepherd. So I told everybody that we met in the middle and went with what she wanted. We got a German Shepherd. So. You know how the wife thing works. <laughs> um, beautiful dog. I have a friend who has, he's always only ever had German Shepherds. Mm -hmm. And he's always named them the same name. No that way. way. Yeah, that way he doesn't have to learn the name. Or, or you know, it's just the same name. Just another I have a friend. One. I had a friend growing up with who had a similar thing. He would always have cats and they've been a farm. So they always had uh, like farm cats or barn cats or whatever. Yeah. And he would always name them Curious George Jr. But then it would be like the first, the second, the third, the fourth. So it'd be Curious George Jr. the fifth. And it's like, that's a mouthful, man. <laughs> Get a shorter name. But now, did, did, is this, and I don't, I don't know where I'm going with it. I'm going with it because I have two dogs. I have a miniature dachshund and another one that's part beagle, part Chihuahua Park 
crazy. And there's no way I could unleash the dog when I take it out. Was there a lot of training in getting this uh, Rusty into being a trail dog or just he's yeah. good? Yeah, but I don't think it was training specific to biking that led to the biggest success for us. So we did a lot of training off the get-go. One, because he's a big dog too. Like, I mean, if an 80, if an 80 pound dog is misbehaving in public, like that could potentially be a problem, yeah. especially a dog that a lot of people are kind of scared of. I didn't realize people were scared of German shepherds until we had one. I didn't realize it fell into that category. So when we got him, we immediately started doing like puppy training classes and stuff like that. Yeah. I think we did two different classes, if I remember right. Um, kind of over the first, like maybe six months to a year, whatever the timeline was. But then we also did a lot of training just with us and him and, um, different commands, making sure he was really attentive to us and not things that were going on. And one of the things we really wanted to make sure that he was good about, especially with, um, like hiking and biking and all that stuff is not chasing, um, one people, but two like other animals. The last thing we wanted is to be biking and then, Oh, squirrel. Yeah. Now your dog's dumb, <laughs> right? Like, especially if you're in an area you're not familiar with or anything. So we really made sure he, like we worked with him and it's like, all right, it's, it's us, not whatever's going on around us. So that, that was probably the biggest thing for us. And a lot of that just translated really well into biking. I mean, if he's focused on you, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're biking or walking or whatever, yeah. he's focused on you. So that was the biggest thing for us. And then also um, we wanted to really make sure that he was never leading on the trail. Um, one, because if he's just like, oh, stop and see what's going on. Next thing you know, you're running over your dog. Um, but also it helped just having like a structure. So usually it would be my, my, my wife would lead and then rusty and then me. And that was kind of our, our formation when going through the woods. So it works pretty well. Well, I just, I, I, and it's funny that you say people are scared of shepherds, but my buddy who has them, he's been trained by, you know, the Miami Dade police, the guy who trains the the shepherds for the police down here. And, and he's pretty trained to that. They, most of them, I've known three of his dogs, and I, I would like put that thing away. Right. Like right. I wouldn't go in his house unless it was in the garage. So it's yeah. good to know that you've trained it and trained it to be friendly. <laughs> well, the other thing too is like Rusty's a wuss. Like he's a German shepherd who <laughs> does not realize he's a German shepherd. Like he's a very submissive dog, which is good to an extent. He's never going to instigate something. But he's also like when someone's thinking kind of like an intimidating dog, he is not that. He looks like it, but he's He's a wuss. They got a scary look. That's like a Doberman <laughs> pincher too. And I bring this up, but you know, I want to talk about your dog a lot because uh, you get the shred shed. That's your, that's your logo. Yeah. <laughs> Was that your first, like, this is, I'm going to make him. Yeah, my, I think my so. Thumbnail. Yeah. So when I started doing YouTube videos, I don't, I made a small little logo on some app on my phone or something like that and knew it was just going to be short term i knew that like if i stuck with youtube and enjoyed doing it and knew it was something i wanted to continue doing for a while i'd pay someone to make me an actual logo and then when i started brainstorming on like what the logo could be i'm like man i feel like rust at the time rusty was in a lot of my videos like we're doing a lot of trail dog stuff um but i'm like man i feel like i'd want rusty for my my logo and I was trying to think of like how you could do it and like oh a cartoon version of him with like goggles on like if you look closely he's wearing goggles yeah at one point I thought like oh maybe you could have like a helmet on but then his ears sticking up through the helmet and stuff I like Um, that one (laughs) so the person I contracted I don't know contract is the right word but person I hired to design a logo for me 
um, she kind of went through and did a few different versions and like mocks and different things up. And then we eventually, eventually settled on what we have now, where it's rusty with just the, um, just the goggles. So. Yeah. I love it. I, I got to do like you, I've got to hire somebody. I had somebody just come up with my little MTV Q and a, and then I had a buddy uh -huh. who works in television. He animated it for the intro, but I think I've got enough interviews under my belt now that I should be taking this a little bit more. <laughs> See, and the way I looked at it was like, even if nobody watches, even if, even if I never get any subscribers, like if I'm still enjoying doing it, well, if I'm enjoying doing it, I want to be happy of like what I'm doing, what I'm creating and stuff. So to me, it was worth spending the money and having like an actual logo made because I can't do that. Like I can't, I'm not a graphic designer. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I feel so, you. Like even if nobody watched, it was just me making these videos. Like it's still, I still wanted to enjoy what I was doing and like the overall channel idea and all that kind of stuff. So I was fine paying for it. Yeah, um, totally off the track again, or or the first time. There will be many times because this is how I do interviews. I'm 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 like your dog squirrel. Um, <laughs> what what is it that you do for a living? What do you what do you do in Michigan if you don't mind? Yeah, so I work in finance. Um, I work in the banking industry. So I know there's, there's a lot of different avenues you can do in finance. You can do like personal finance and investing and stuff. Um, I'm a financial analyst. I work primarily like on the treasury side of things. So like an investment portfolio and stuff like that for a bank. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's boring stuff, depending on who you talk to. People who do this stuff are like, oh man, I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Then yeah. everybody else is like, See, I just don't know where to go with it because I'm a photographer and everyone always says you should get into finance. And I didn't. So now I got <laughs> nothing to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, just to throw that in there for somebody yeah, just, to know. Sorry, hey, he's not a question for you. Sorry. If somebody uh, got in, you know, was like, oh, you shouldn't really, really, really delve into the finance part. What I do want to do is get into your getting into biking. Now you you you've done this, not mountain bike. Well, mountain biking, yeah, you've been since you were what, like ten, you said, or at least um, videos I've heard you young. Yeah, so I mean, like everyone rides for the most part. Everyone learns to ride a bike when they're young, right? But then, like, I feel like my brothers and I were always hitting jumps, like pretty much early on. I remember, like, when we were really young, like one of my earliest memories of biking is we had these little plastic ramps set up in the yard and me and my brothers were out jumping them and my dad comes out and he's like let me see your bike and he launches off this ramp and breaks his collarbone <laughs> <laughs> from an early age we were hitting jumps but um we started racing bmx um i think i was 10 years old and right around the same time as when we started mountain biking too so um they kind of went hand in hand like we'd go away to races and then um when it wasn't a race day we're like oh it's mountain bike trails in the area so let's go mountain bike and stuff um so yeah probably i think around 10 ish is probably when i started mountain biking and then did that for several years kind of up until high school probably and then in high school got more into like freestyle bmx like skate parks and dirt jumps yeah. and stuff like that and really only did that quit racing at the time um kind of lost interest in that um at the same time stop mountain biking really just did like the dirt jumping and oh. BMX stuff um and then once my wife and i started dating 
um, midway through college, we we're like looking for all these different activities to do. Like we did a lot of wakeboarding and snowboarding and stuff. And like, what else can we do? And like, we got a whole garage full of bikes just hanging there. Like we had like 20 bikes in the garage at the time. Like, let's go, let's pull yeah. some out, dust them off and go for a ride. So we started uh, mountain biking. Like, oh man, this is sweet. And yeah, just got right, pretty much dove right back into it. How well did you do in the, the BMX racing? Um, at, average um was it just for fun and you liked the adrenaline rush and, and i was competing yeah it was the adrenaline side i've never been i'm a i'm a competitive person but not like officially competitive if that makes any sense at all like yeah if me and my wife are doing something like i want to beat her she wants to beat me but like yeah. i'm not one to be like oh man i want to go and train for this race and i gotta win and all that kind of stuff like yeah. that doesn't really interest me um but no, for, I'd say like average for uh, BMX racing, there's like different class uh, categories. So there's like rookie, novice, expert, and then pro. Um, yeah. I was in the novice category. Um, so definitely starting to get more competitive at that point and then getting into the age where it's like kind of the fastest classes and all that kind of stuff. And it's the fastest point in your life at yeah. like once you kind of get in like the 16 to maybe 21 or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but um, yeah, it was just, it was getting more competitive than I wanted to do. And then also just kind of losing interest. We had tons of hobbies growing up as kids. Um, and then also I said a minute ago, my whole family raced BMX at that point, it was just me racing. So it was like, all right, the whole family is going to whatever for me to race. And it's like, I don't want to be the reason we're all going to Indiana this weekend. Come on. <laughs> what I, now were you like into the footballs or the baseballs or any of those balls? Or just, <laughs> did you just, or did you just, you know, just biking is just something that's in, in you. It was always just like the action sports, right? Like more of the adrenaline things. I did football for like a year or two, basketball for a year or two, but it was more or less like I had friends that did it. And like, oh, I want to do a sport with my friends because none of them biked and wakeboard and snowboard and all that kind of stuff. Some of them snowboard, yeah. but um, I don't know. I'm like, oh, my, all my friends at school do this. So I'll do it too. And I never had any interest. And I was never good at any of that stuff. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's like they all started when they're six years old. I didn't start playing football when I was six. I started mountain biking when I was that young. So I, I was better at other things. I was terrible at football and basketball. Yeah, and I get that. Like, I I'm, I was more into skateboarding and riding bike, you know, yeah. jumping with the BMX bikes. And it, it was more of an individual sport where yeah. you're com kind of competing against yourself. For sure. And, For and sure. I never got... My dad, I always say this to everybody. My dad was a geek and I never, he never got put, I never had that dad to push me into football. And I, you know, I was never a little kid. I was always bigger than everyone else, but awkward as hell with a ball. I didn't. <laughs> See, you're, we're similar in that sense. Like, or maybe not similar in that sense, but I see what you're saying is like, I feel like the reason we grew up into the sports that we did is because my parents did all that stuff. Like, I said, we raced BMX as a family. We all did. We all went snowboarding as a family. We all yeah. mountain biked. We all like, we all did everything as a family, but like my parents were big into water skiing, like when they were teenagers and young adults and stuff. So then, like, we always just grew up doing that stuff on the water and then turned into yeah. wakeboarding and then wake surfing and all that kind of stuff. So we were just like raised in those types of sports and environments. So that's probably why I gravitated towards those things instead of football. And that's what I like about you. You, you involve your family a lot in, in your mm. videos. It, it's a tight knit little group, right? 
Yeah. So your dad and your mom ride. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they ride a lot too. So we all mountain biked as a family and stuff. And like, we all kind of took a break. And then when my wife and I started getting into riding, they're like, Oh, well maybe we'll get some bikes and stuff. So they ended up getting fat bikes. And, um, I have two brothers, neither of them have much interest in riding. Um, my middle brother, I feel like he would, my middle brother is someone who can get on anything and just like, Oh, he's, he's clearly been doing this his whole life. But really he hasn't touched a bike in like 10 years. Yeah. We're probably going to hit a jump and look like he's been riding. Every single those day. people. <laughs> <laughs> and then my youngest brother doesn't have much of an interest in mountain biking. So like we've, we've tried pushing like, Oh, come out for a ride. They got extra bikes and he doesn't have much of an interest in it and stuff. So, which is fine. Everyone, we all have our own different hobbies that we're into now. So, so you got two brothers. Yep. Yeah. No sister. Nope. Oh, it's a very competitive household, I bet, with three three boys. I would say my poor mom, but she's the one that put us all in our places and stuff. So like <laughs> she was the one that's like the competitive <laughs> one of the family. So she's definitely pushing us to doing different things. So you might say you're a young buck if you got started in mountain biking at 10. Mountain biking is fairly new. Yeah, I mean you're right in a sense, but like it wasn't the around problem. when I was 10. Right. right. I'm an old man. <laughs> Wise up, mister. <laughs> um, the thing is, a lot of the trails around me haven't changed since like the inception of mountain biking. So they're still very pedally like XC based trails. Yeah. But that's also the territory that is out here. Like there's no there's no hills. Like what you get is what you get. You can't make a mountain in an area that doesn't have mountains. Yeah, I live in Miami. <laughs> right, right, right. So you get it. And people, and I hate that, but like I, Michigan, I get, I was talking to the, the Duke of MTB, yeah. my last interview, he's from Michigan. Yep. Big state. I'm sure you've never met him. So we, we know of each other. I've met him once actually before I started YouTube. Have you ever heard of Ray's indoor mountain bike park in Ohio? Yeah. The indoor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen plenty of so it. So I, I met him and his wife there very briefly it was probably a year before I started doing YouTube and they were doing YouTube. And that's how I recognized like, you guys are the dude, you're the dude from YouTube. And he's like, yeah. And then we were talking for a minute. So I'm like, all right, we'll see you later. And then just <laughs> went there. But, yeah. So we met briefly at, I don't know if you'd remember that. I just, we probably met loads of people, but um, yeah. Then like we've chatted before and stuff. We've talked about meeting up for rides. Just haven't made it happen before. Yeah, I, just, it I think it's funny. I got two Michigan guys back to back. Right. Maybe yeah. I'll put you off till next month. <laughs> Well, we've been trying to talk for what? It's been like six weeks now. We were in Florida when you first reached out. So, man, I should have just drove an extra couple hours and met up in person. You could have rode. No, right. I think it's, I, 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 and I really appreciate you getting back. Great guy. Stop it. Don't be that nice. But um, where was I going? Oh, I wanted to get to your, your wife. Yeah. Was she a rider before you or did you just, and it, does she like it as much as you? Yeah, definitely as much as me. Sometimes I wonder if she likes it more than me, but in a different sense. So like so we both lucky. like them more. Go ahead. I said you're so lucky. <laughs> right. Very lucky. So we both are more into like the whole like downhill and enduro and like free riding type riding. Yeah. And stuff. I'm also content going and paddling. Like I'm not going to just like, I'm not going to ride until I can go to a downhill park. So I'm like, yeah. I still want to ride. I still find enjoyment in every type of riding. I might nitpick at XD and like call it say, oh, roadie, whatever, but I still like doing it. 
she's more of like, oh, I guess I'll go pedal today. But then the minute she gets to like a downhill park or a jump line or a tech trailer or something, she's like all in, 100%. And she's she's a solid rider. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's really good. She scares me a lot of times too because we'll go places where it's like, um, so like we went to Whistler on our honeymoon. She'd only been riding for like two years. And then she's like, oh, yeah, we can go try this trail. I'm like, hold on, let's do this first and do this first. The next thing you know, we found ourselves on A-line. And I'm like, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) We were above our our, our, uh, pay grades. No, you didn't. But you did it. Yeah, yeah. We weren't clearing everything. Okay, I can't do drops. I've said this a million times. There's too many drops there. There are huge drops there. I'm not, I'm not, no, sir. We were supposed to go back um, first year of COVID. So 2020, uh, we were supposed to, we had it all paid for. We had the Airbnbs booked, plane tickets purchased. We bought our uh, bike bags and all. We were ready to go. And then COVID started. We're like, oh, this will breeze by by then. We'll be fine. And then the summer rolled out. We were supposed to go, I think, in August. And then the summer hit and like, eh, it'll, it'll be fine. It's like the flu. Yeah. And then it was July and we're like, you should look into canceling this thing because we're not going to get our money back. <laughs> we, we canceled like at the absolute last minute where we could get most of our money back. Should have been able to get all of it, sir. COVID shut it down. It wasn't your fault. Right. I do right. a legal like segment. Our, our get... Plane, plane uh, the airlines gave us everything back. Yeah. But um, it was like Airbnb stuff, which is understandable. I mean, yeah. How was COVID uh, up there in, in Michigan with your trails? I know down here, we shut everything down. Our parks were closed. Our boat ramps were closed. I mean, were you able to ride during 2020? Yeah, so they didn't close the woods, luckily. Uh, I think it's kind of ridiculous. Some places were closing the woods down. But yeah, we were, we were open for that. Um, so we were able to go ride and stuff. Um, we do a lot of group rides up here. I'm on the board of directors for our local IMBA chapter in the area and we host group rides every two weeks so i think if i remember like we stopped that for the first part of covid and like everything kind of the main part yeah, of the blow over and stuff but then we started getting back into it and doing rides and all that kind of stuff so traveling slowed down obviously but yeah. there's like riding local around here before we moved my wife and i moved um early summer of last year we bought a house um prior to that where we used to live directly across the street was a two track that I could ride about a mile that got me access to about 50 miles a single track. So like, I didn't, ha- I didn't even, have to, I didn't even drive anywhere. I could literally cross the road and go ride trails. 50 miles a single track. Yeah, it's like 45, 50 miles. Well, a single it, track. It's it all doesn't like, matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. I couldn't, ride it. I couldn't ride it all in one day. No way. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So now where you live, you got to do, you got to do a little driving or. Or now where you live now is where you... So, so, so I still live in Sanford. I'm just like two miles further away from that spot. So I can still ride to that spot. So. Yeah, my closest is funny. I was, it's eight miles to Virginia Key, which is, is a great... Hurricane Irma knocked everything down on the, the island. Totally ruined all the trails. So what they did is built... You got to Google Virginia Key mountain biking and or YouTube it. It's all wood. They uh, built wooden structures everywhere. And and, is, and does Seth it, have any videos in that place? Yeah, early on, but that okay. He has early on Virginia Key. He doesn't have the, okay. the modified Irma Got after it. Irma stuff. But 
you say you're two miles. I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ride to the trails. It's eight miles to the Next trail. Next you know, it's 16 miles of riding before you even get to ride mountain bike trails. Yeah, eight miles to the trail, but I thought I took a shortcut. It was more like closer to 10 when I got there. Oh, boy. <laughs> Rode the trails, came back. I was at like 21 miles for the day. That's a lot. Spent. <laughs> spent. For, for me, 20 miles is a long ride, especially like mountain biking. Yeah. It's a long ride for me. So I can imagine like it'd be it'd be a lot. 20 miles just to even touch single track at that point. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that down here, like you said, you, your wife doesn't like to pedal. That's all it is. Down here, it's, it's pedaling, 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 pedaling. I look forward when I go to Jacksonville, Wyoming and, and take a chairlift up to the... Right. <sighs> Tell me about See, your trail. I don't, I don't mind pedaling, but I don't like it either. Like my, my dream trail wouldn't require a chain, right? Like, yeah, I, I, I really like a one up, one down like type of riding. So um, in Michigan, there's a city called Marquette, Michigan, up in the Upper Peninsula. Um, absolute like Mecca of mountain biking in the state. Yeah. phenomenal trails but a lot of their trails there shouldn't say a lot a section that i ride most frequently when i'm there um is this trail section across from their ski hill and it's it's one up one down you you pedal up this fire road or push up whatever you want to do and then it's just all downhill from there um, but how steep is it up that. what's that how steep and long is it up that one is really steep um i don't know the length to get up i might i want to say a mile but someone in the area is like it's not a mile it's like a half mile or i don't i don't know the length but right. it's a pretty gruesome climb it gets pretty steep um and it's really rock like big rocks too so like we don't have rocks that you would see in other parts of the states where like the earth is like exposed and it's rock like when we have rock it's like boulders and yeah it's not rock. and stuff like that yeah yeah so up there it's a lot like that where at least on that fire road to get up there it's it's a pretty techy steep two track to climb up but then from coming down you have a bunch of varieties to choose from so it's tell, tell me about these trails in, in michigan like tell me your your favorite you said you're you're part of the club and, and and what are the trails like i mean is it all just single track there's no downhill it's so I, there's I some videos and they're amazing i mean you, you shred <laughs> A lot of my videos that like really showcase better riding and better trails are not local. They're up in Copper Harbor, which is nine hours away, still in Michigan, but nine hours away and stuff like that. Um, My local trails are very flat XC trails. Uh, Some of them are technical with like roots and stuff and there'll be like skinnies and things like that. Yeah. Um, But technical in terms of like XC, not technical in terms of like down there's, there's a pretty big difference between the two classifications um but around here it's a lot of that um if you go downstate there's some downhill type stuff um there's a trail system called um dte which is really famous in the state um there's a trail near that which is probably my favorite in that part called i think it's pronounced potawatomi potawatomi i don't know how to pronounce it i always just call it <laughs> i call it potawatomi because i can't pronounce it but um, that's probably my favorite in the area just because it's a very technical trail. It has lots of ups and downs and stuff, but there's some sections that are pretty long and pretty fast ascents that are really like washed out and rooty and there's some rocks and stuff like that. So I like that a lot. Um, are these the trails? Oh, no, go, go, go. Okay. <laughs> you go maybe two hours north. That's the thing about where I'm at. Within two hours, you can get to very different parts of the state and stuff. They go north to an area called Traverse City, 
Um, and there's a trail system up there called Palmer Woods that I like a lot. Um, it's kind of like you take this, I want to say it's maybe a three mile loop, I'm guessing. Nice. I could be w- way wrong, but it's like two miles out to get up and then it's like a mile-ish long descent back with jumps and drops and all that kind of stuff. So there is some downhill, but not downhill like you get in mountain areas. Yeah. Or you get, yeah, you get all these North California folks that are just- right. Yeah, no, like we, we have some really good trails. People have done some really good job building, been creative, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it sounds like a lot, a lot like here where there's, there's, I mean, people laugh at me when I say I ride mountain bike here. And I don't go, it's, it's not mountain biking. I'm on a mountain bike uh-huh. trail riding. Yeah. Right. But, uh, I just find it, I just think it's great that you have someone that will go, let's go ride together. Mm. Gosh, you, you don't know how special that is. Oh no, I believe me, I do. It's sweet. But at the same time, like, I hate to say that it was an expectation, but it was something that I was like kind of looking for. Right. Like Um, my parents are like that. My parents, like I said, we all, my whole family does all these things together, especially growing up. My parents are the same way too. Like they go mountain biking together and they go camping together and they go on road trips across the country and all that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. it it was just something I was used to growing up, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I, I was dating my wife and she knew I had to ride. I had my moments of riding. Even when I'm not trail riding, I'm on my bike on the street. Last night I went on a 14 mile bike ride. Just, I gotta, I gotta release. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, so I bought, we bought her a, a mountain bike and the, the, the F bombs. <laughs> why do you think I could do this? And, we sold her bike. We finally just sat there just collecting dust. We sold it right. during COVID, but it was just like to have that because I there's there's a trail about an hour away from me here, but I don't go to it because that's just two hours of travel. Yeah. And it's my weekend. It's like, well, you just went mountain biking for four hours. I guess I don't get to see you. Right. Yeah. It, that would definitely watch this so I get to make fun of her. <laughs> No, that would definitely be challenging. I have some friends whose spouses ride and I have some friends whose spouses don't ride. And I would like, I wouldn't have gotten to ride anywhere near the cool trails that I've gotten to ride if Rachel didn't bike. I mean, I wouldn't be able to say, okay, I'm going to Bentonville for a week by. It'd be way harder to do something like that. Whereas like, okay, cool, let's go. Like both pack of our bags, pack of our bike and hit the road. Like the other cool thing too is my in-laws, they're big into mountain biking. So like we do a lot of our trips together. It's like we're going to Bentonville and sometime in the summer and us four just getting in a vehicle and driving over to Arkansas and going for a ride. Like we're super fortunate because we're all, we all have this hobby that we can do together. It's really cool. Your parents, you and your wife, was it Rachel you said? Yep. And her parents you all ride bike together. Her parents, so her, her dad has a mountain bike. Um, they don't do much riding. My, sorry, I just said my in-laws. It's um, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. Oh, so okay. my wife's sister and then sister's husband. You were just meant to have a YouTube page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I'm like, everyone watching this, I'll, uh, hopefully you pull some more in. But... <laughs> they're they're all jealous that's amazing that yeah, is- it's, it's cool it's really good um no it's it's really fun to have a hobby like this that you can share with so many people that you enjoy spending time with um that's 
definitely super fortunate to have that. I feel like I have. I mean, you look, you've got a good, I am glowing. Am I glowing when you're, <laughs> I feel like I got a, I told you, I'm like, squirrel, maybe bring it down a notch. That seems better. That's good. I've got, I've got these lights. I've got this fake studio here. <laughs> you've you got, got a better Christmas setup than I do. I'm in some closet in the bottom of my house. We, when we moved here a few months, or I'd say a few months ago, it's been like, I don't know, eight months now or something like that. Like this was the room that's just like, just put it in here for now and we'll figure it out later on. Well, I've worked remotely since COVID started. I'm like, all right, we used to live in a tiny house. Now we live in like a normal person size house. So I'm like, yeah. I need a spot where I can actually work that's not on the couch. So I threw this little desk in this room that still has a bunch of junk behind Christmas me. Christmas tree. <laughs> literally you fro- so. oh there you are you froze for a second oh. what uh well now you you traveled to for mountain biking mm-hmm. talk to me where where's your favorite place to go so far like obviously i said i've been to whistler obviously that's going to be number one like that's I'm sure there's some, there's people out there who have been better places and stuff. Like other places I've been to Whistler is by far number one. Um, and I, so that was one of the stops on our honeymoon. My wife and I drove for like two and a half weeks. We did a road trip around the whole country. Um, then up into Canada briefly to go to Whistler. So the fact that we survived our honeymoon says a lot. I mean, I don't remember what the hours were. I want to say it was like around 8,000 miles. What around just and it was all like, mountain biking? Uh mountain biking destinations that we went to. And then we did some hiking. Like we went to Glacier National Park and did some hiking and stuff there. Uh-huh. Um, but like the main stops we went for mountain biking were Washington. Um we did Whistler. I can't remember if we rode in Squamish or not. I don't think we rode in Squamish. I think we just hiked in Squamish. We did Moab. I don't remember all the other places too, but yeah. <clears throat> Wow, I'm just I'm out of here, man. I'm done. You like you, your your honeymoon was mountain bike. Yeah, so when we, was, when we started planning the honeymoon, we're like, oh man, it'd be so sweet to go to Whistler. Like, how it's it's such a far trip to get out there, right? Like, I don't like fly. I, I don't mind flying, but like, I'd rather drive. If I'm gonna go somewhere, I want to drive, not fly. yeah. You feel it's the road exactly, exactly. And I want to say it was about a thirty hour drive one way i could be wrong but i want to say it's around 30 hour drive one way to get there and i'm like well if we do that we can we can stop in glacier on the way there then we can stop in washington then we can go to here and here and here so we started planning it. i'm like man we can go to whistler because like how often do you have two weeks to just go do whatever you want right yeah. like one week's pushing it but like two weeks that's a long vacation so we were gonna do it and they're like oh man like no that's that's such a long drive like Think of how many other cool things we could do instead of driving for a hundred hours or something. Yeah. And then we're like, you know what? No, we're, this is what we want to do. Let's do it. So then we left our house. We got married and like, we had like a week before we left on our honeymoon and we left our house at like nine o'clock at night on a Friday. And I drove until I don't even know what time I let Rachel sleep. And then I just kept driving and driving and driving. We didn't stop until we hit Glacier, which was like 20 hours away or something like that. And then we got a hotel I was say, get some of the roadside motels. <laughs> no, we did a lot. We did hotels and then we did some camping in a few spots too. Um, so you just packed up the truck and. Uh, so my wife had a Jeep Renegade at the time, which oh, nice. um, pretty small vehicle. I mean, it's 
an SUV, but it's small. Yeah. Um, yeah, packed it absolutely to the brim and just said, all right, let's hit the road. <laughs> yeah, back to back to your question. Whistler by far best spot. Um, I know there's some spots that would bump up the areas I've ridden in before to like higher in the ranking, mm-hmm. but like we we only had like a day of riding in uh, Moab that we dedicated to, and I know we didn't ride the best trails there. We rode this area called like the Bartlett Wash, which is like an open riding like basically natural skate park area. There's yeah. a video on YouTube about it and stuff. Um, but I know there's better places to ride there. I'm sure there's better places in Washington to ride. Um, all super awesome places. Yeah. But I feel like if I would have rode like the best trails in those, it'd probably move some of them up the ranks a bit. The next I'd probably say is like probably Bentonville, just because of the sheer volume of trails and oh, everything God. there is like top tier too. I'm dying to interview somebody from there just because they, you know, mountain biking capital of the world. Right. But from what I hear and what I see on the YouTubes is that that place is just packed. It's nuts. And like when they say there's like literally trails in town, they're not lying. Like my favorite trail there is, it's this trail called All American. And it's like a beginner intermediate flow slash jump slash kind of has a little bit of everything trail. But it's so cool because you're like in town and the trail starts and there's just jumps and berms next to like this walking area literally through town and then you cross over and you go through this like little river creek thing and there's all sorts of features just in the middle of this park area yeah that's what i heard in town they'll have like on the sidewalk there will be a jump it's nuts like literally the entire town is biking that's amazing yay walmart yeah exactly (laughs) that's amazing so when are you guys going out there again um is it july June or July, I can't. I can't keep anything straight anymore. Every day is the same at this point, but uh, sometime this summer. Good for you. Um, we got off. Off the t- here we go again, squirrel. <laughs> I'm horrible at this. So two years ago, you go. I really like this mountain biking stuff. Start a YouTube page. So my brother-in-law and I, we've always joked like, man, we should just, we should start YouTube channels and stuff. Like I've always had GoPros. I think I've, I can't remember if I had the original GoPro hero when they started doing like the hero series, or maybe I had the hero two for my first one. Like you had to put, you had to put AAA batteries into the back of it and everything. Oh really? It was that old? It was that old. I've always had GoPros and you know, I've filmed everything, right? Like go snowboarding, you film it, but then it just sits on your computer and then you're like, oh, I need space on my computer, delete that. Yeah. So it's like, I never did anything with it. So my brother-in-law and I were always talking like, man, we should just start YouTube channels, like just for fun and stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, I have a Hero 4, like you could film it, but then you got to get a gimbal and you got to do all that stuff. <coughs> Excuse Bless me. Bless you. And uh, it was right around the time the Hero 8 came out and he's like, I'm going to get the Hero 8. And I'm like, so we're going to do this then, huh? We're going to start YouTube channels. So then I went out and got a hero eight and then we started filming and stuff. And yeah, here we are. Does he have a channel? He does. He doesn't do much with it anymore. He didn't find it as interesting, I guess. Um, To me, even if I didn't upload it to YouTube, I'd still be like editing and stuff. I think it's super fun. And like I said before, like I'd always film things as a kid and stuff. I used to mess around with like, editing if you'd call it that just pretty much putting music or put yeah. a soundtrack to whatever crappy video you took but 
um, I always thought that was fun. You, you joke about it and stuff, but I do this professionally. And, and what I love about your channel is second to none, I think some of your editing and storytelling is, is way, I mean, I think you should, I think you should be bigger. Like if people, I watch your stuff and I'm like floored at, at some of the stuff you do. I mean, even your thumbnails pop more than, I mean, is this something that you researched or you just had fun doing? Have fun doing for sure. Um, one of the big things about YouTube is like, like that, you know, like SEO, search engine optimization. I don't know like anything about that stuff. Like I know there's keywords that people search for and stuff like that's definitely a limiting factor of me. I know I need to learn more about that and more like take advantage of how people find videos, but I definitely have more fun doing the editing and stuff. I've seen videos where I'm like, oh man, how did they do that transition or how did they make it? So he was in the video twice at the same time. Like yeah. I'm going to learn how to do that and just throw it in my video. And I don't know. so I have a lot of fun, like learning different styles of editing and different ways to do different things and editing and stuff. But yeah, for, I definitely like need a, to learn more about SEO and finding ways for people to find my channel and stuff. You don't know, brother. <laughs> you got over 3000 subscribers. <laughs> I, I don't know anything. I just dove in. Well, you're at, you're at like 120-ish, aren't you? Leave me alone. That hurt. No, no. Well, what I'm going to say is how, how long have you been doing YouTube now? I think this will be six months, seven months. So I hit 100 exactly at six months. Six months to the day when I uploaded my first video is when I hit 100 subscribers. And then, oddly enough, one year exactly is when I hit 1,000. I know it sounds wow. like a fake story because how is it that convenient? But literally like exactly on six months, I hit a hundred and exactly at one year, I hit a thousand. Wow. So you're not slow by any means. I mean, you're, you're right where most people are at. And they say that, I think they said like the first hundred subscribers takes a year. And I want to say like 60 videos or something like that. Something wow. absurd. See, I so did You're way ahead of that. I did none of this. I just said, you know, I have a friend who has a YouTube page and it's very successful. It's disturbing. He's probably up. I think 500,000 subscribers. Wow. Uh, he interviews uh, uh, pro wrestlers. It's a huge okay. audience for that. Okay. But uh, his, his advice was always uh, uh, just do it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I was like, well, I need some kind of, so I started doing a little bit for about six months. I was like, well, what do I want to call it? Simple mountain bike Q and I'm asking questions about mountain biking. Right. That's easy. Just have something simple. I don't need anything that pokes out too much, but then all the other stuff, I was like, okay, let's just do it. I picked some cheesy background and then I get some lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's what's sweet about this format is one, you get to talk to people. That's what I you love. Talk about. To people you like watching their videos of and stuff, but two, like think about people who think about someone who's like, Oh man, so-and-so is my favorite YouTuber. Like, Take Mr. Beast, for example, probably the biggest, biggest YouTuber out yeah. there. I'm, I'm not at all his biggest fan, but I like, I like his videos a lot. I like him as a person a lot. He's super interesting. I've probably watched every single interview he's ever been part of. If there's an interview of him on the internet, I've probably watched it. Think about that for this. I mean, you interviewed BKXE a few yeah. months back, right? Yeah. There's going to be people out there who are like, Brian is my favorite YouTuber. 
I got to find every interview he's ever did or any video he's in, I want to watch yeah. it or come across your page. Well, that's why I started this is because COVID, I couldn't ride. And I was stuck in my office when I wasn't out shooting. I had to go into my office. I'm not doing anything. So I was started watching mountain bikers just because I couldn't bike. I started, and I was like, I want to meet these guys. Right. Yeah. I want to meet these guys. I, you know, I, I, I interviewed people professionally, celebrities professionally for a long time. So I was like, I want to get to chatting with these guys. Uh-huh. You, yeah. mister. Now you're no. stuck with me. <laughs> No, you laugh. I, I'll tell. I'll tell. I don't want. I don't want to embarrass myself. I'll embarrass myself later about you. Um, so you get into editing. What are you editing on? I use DaVinci Resolve because I'm cheap and didn't want to pay for anything. But it's a super good editing platform. I've I've heard that it is the best free and is comparable to any other editing out there. It's insane. So. Back when I first started the channel, I edited everything on iMovie on my phone because I didn't have a computer and I didn't have any other thing to do. So I, uh, I feel what it's called on when you transfer the GoPro files from the GoPro to your phone through like Bluetooth or whatever, yeah. um, I would do that. And then I'd run out of storage. Like I can't even fit my whole ride on my phone. How am I supposed to edit a video and stuff? <laughs> so I'd have to like condense the clips down and dump it onto my phone and edit like half the video, export it, edit a new half export it and then merge the two back together it was the clunkiest process in the world and then eventually i'm like you know what if i'm gonna do this and enjoy doing it and stuff i might as well buy buy a computer to make it easier um so then once i got my macbook i downloaded davinci resolve and just started using that right off the get-go um i know there's really good other softwares out there like there's final cut and all that stuff but um i was drawn to this because i don't want to spend 300 dollars when i can do this for free now is there limitations to this where you could do something better in a paid version? Absolutely. I'm not going to max this thing out. I'm some shrinky dink little mountain biker who doesn't know what he's doing in terms of editing and stuff. I'm not going to max out this professional editing software. So it's perfectly fine for me. No, Realistically, no. iMovie is probably fine, but well, there's certain, there's definitely limiting things that I came across in iMovie that I, I knew I needed something different. I've talked to people who use iShot. I've never even heard of that. No. I use on my phone for my little uh, Instagram stuff or whatever, little teases that I do. Uh, I use a, what is it called? CapCut. Okay. It's free. It's got all these great little things. I mean, if you're watching and you don't want to spend money and you like editing on your phone, CapCut. And they're not paying me. This is not a paid advertising. (laughs) But DaVinci, like... I got a friend who, who's a professional. And he's just like, I just downloaded DaVinci and it's, it's sick. It's just as good as Final Cut. Yeah. So good for you. Now, I say, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't know anything about different editing software. I say, yeah, but I don't know. But you do know, mister, because your videos are incredible. Is it now, Thanks. did you, was there a learning curve for oh, you? Yeah. Were you on YouTube watching tutorials left and right? Um, I watch a tutorial when I come into a situation where I know I need to learn how to do something. I don't watch the video and say, oh, what, what all can DaVinci do? Well, there's an unlimited amount of things DaVinci can do. Yeah. And I can't do them all at the same time. So what I do is I'll start editing like, oh man, I'd love to do this here. Well, how do I do it? So I'll try and fumble with it for a couple of minutes. And if I can't figure it out, go to YouTube, how to 
do a mask in DaVinci Resolve, whatever version, yeah. on 17 something. And then I'll watch it. And then I'll usually have to, if I do it again in a month, I'll usually have to watch another tutorial on it. Then after a couple of times it clicks, then I got it down and I'll run into another situation. Where how do I do this? And I don't get into color grading and all that kind of stuff because I don't, I just haven't gotten that far into it yet. Yeah. It's YouTube, but... really. I mean, as long as you got the content, is somebody going, oh my gosh, that's, that's a little flat. Why do you put that up on the tube? It's flat. Yeah. There's also the side of like, you want to like what you're making and stuff too, which yeah. just to me, I haven't gotten to that level of it yet. I'm sure it'll come one day. I think, but I, it's, it's funny because, and I, I want to pick your brain on your thumbnails. Second to none. What do you use for that? All my phone. I use like four different apps on my phone to make a thumbnail. I'm out of here, man. You, it's your the most, are killing me. You're using an app on your phone. I'm using like three or four apps on my phone. It's the most clunky process in the world because I don't want to spend $10 a month on Photoshop, <laughs> which I need to do. I need to do like Photoshop or I know there's other versions that are other uh, things that are similar to that, but now, did yeah, you, I use like several different apps. Now, did you learn, is there a, did you do research on thumbnail? Thumbnails are big when it comes oh, yeah. to YouTube and, and bringing traction in. And I'm thinking the color is yellow. I'm picking up on that. Right. Yeah. Stay, it just jumps out. I got to get rid of the green. <laughs> well, it's also like, I think there's like a theme too. Like when you're, if you're scrolling through YouTube, like going quickly, there's certain ones that just stand there like, Oh, I don't even have to look to see who made it. I know that's a skills with Phil thumbnail, for example, yeah. right? Oh, that's a so-and-so's thumbnail. You don't even have to look at the actual creator's name on there. You just know. You're right. I, I know all of them. Right. So I like sticking with a theme. Like I always try and use the same yellow and sometimes I'll use a blue to like go with the yellow and stuff. Um, lately I've been doing like um, where you like crop out like just my face or just the bike or something, kind of blur the background. I've been doing some of that stuff Love lately. That. <laughs> Thanks. Again, that is the most complicated process on doing it on my phone. I use an app called Canva, which is really good because they also have a computer version too. But uh, that's what I used to do all the layering and stuff. But I use like a, some, I don't even know what it's called. So like we have to go through, you have to like trace around, around yourself. And oh yeah. Crop well, you're using Canva. Up. I use Canva to layer all the things in afterwards, but then I use a thing called Fonto for all the text and layering and stuff. And then I use a different app for um, the cropping that I was talking about. And then sometimes, depending on how clear the pictures or how muddy it is, I'll use a different app for um, like the actual like, editing, like the brightness and the contrast and all that stuff. You've got a computer right in front of you. Why are you using your phone? Because a lot, the of phone, these things, man. a lot of these things you can't do on your on the computer for a free version. Canva. It, maybe you can. I don't know. There's just Canva you can. I use Canva on the computer. You know what? I'm going to start using Canva. I use Keynote on my my iMac here. So, and can it's you crop so, and you know, what's that? Can you crop? Like, can you go through like trace the outline of that's like, why okay. my stuff? See, that's the biggest thing I need to find a better version of. That's the main reason I'm considering buying Photoshop is so I can go through and crop myself out of a picture. Crop. But can you crop, crop yourself out of Canva? Yeah. Not in Canva, no. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe you can. If you can, my whole editing style is going to change because I didn't know that. I'm going to YouTube right now and check this out. What does your wife think about you being a huge uh, YouTube celebrity? 
I wouldn't say I'm a huge YouTube celebrity. Okay, <laughs> let's. What does your wife think about you spending all this extra time when you're working? You got a kid and you're mountain biking okay. and you're YouTubing. Is she for I it? I mean, she likes it. Yeah, I don't think she's ever had any issues with it and stuff. And there's definitely a balance. Like I know when I should and shouldn't be editing. Like I'm not gonna be like, all right, done for work today, and now edit until midnight tonight. Sorry, right, Rachel and daughter. I'm not gonna see you guys for the next week. Like that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Wouldn't want to do that either. But um, no, I don't think she has an issue and stuff. I've been like secretive about my YouTube channel. Like not many of my friends know about it. Like no one in my family, like my immediate family. Like I just don't tell people. I've never posted about it on Facebook. Or Shut the front anymore. door. When you're wearing a camera, they just think you're, you're, you're just. Well, like I am like my parents and brothers obviously know and stuff, but yeah. like friends that I hang out outside of writing, like they don't know I have a YouTube channel and spend 20 hours a week editing videos and really I tell everyone I need a subscriber <laughs> see and that's the thing when I started this I didn't want a subscriber that wasn't going to watch my videos and unfortunately that's how a lot of that happens if I go tell my four closest friends who don't ride hey I started a YouTube channel they subscribe but they don't watch your channel yeah I've heard I don't no, I'm not a YouTube master right I don't know but I've heard that that hurts your channel yeah, I've heard that tells YouTube, hey, why is this person subscribed but they're not watching your videos? Does he make bad videos? I don't know. That's also I've also heard don't like in the very beginning of a a, 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 a oh. you know people say don't forget to like, and it just it looks YouTube looks at it and goes it looks like somebody just came on and hit like and then went away. Ah, interesting. So you want to like so like it now, folks. <laughs> the other thing too is like. I was, I don't want to say I was embarrassed by it, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the right word is for it, I guess. But like now that I feel like it's doing okay, like it's obviously not successful. I have 3000 subscribers. That's, that's a lot of people. Don't get me wrong, it's good. It's but it's a tiny like channel. That. Now I'd be like, if someone's like, oh, you have a YouTube channel. I'd be fine. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's this, like, look at all the videos I made. Like I'm happy of the videos I make and stuff before yeah. that. I'd be like, don't look at this. Like when I first started making videos, I wouldn't let Rachel see them. Like I wouldn't let her watch them when I was by her or anything. I'm just now getting to the point where like I can record a voiceover with her near me before like I'd have to go out to the shed and like make sure no one was around and no one could hear because I was embarrassed to do it and everything. But you're so good at helping me stay focused because you just brought up the shed and I would be an idiot to not bring it up. You are the shred shed. How did that come to be? What, did you always keep your bikes in it? Like, how did the name come about? Is it your bikes always in a shed? Yeah. So when I said we lived in a tiny house and it's not like HGTV tiny house, but it was like 400 square feet or something. Like that. It was really small. And wow. it was just the two of us and our dog. But then we also have like a lot of camping stuff, a lot of biking stuff. And I think the shed that was first there was like eight feet by 10 feet or something like that. Oh. And it had like the rafters were like right at your forehead. level. So like when you had to walk <laughs> and like duck through there and everything. Well, you're not a little guy. I'm only, I'm 5'10". I'm not. Uh, okay. Videos. You can't tell. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm not tall, but I'm not like super short either. Um, but yeah, everything was like packed in there and stuff. And I don't remember if I said it or my wife said it or someone said it like, oh, it's like the shred shed or 
something along the lines of that because like we had all of our gear there right we had all of our bike stuff in there like we have long boards and all sorts of other random junk and stuff in there and it was something like that so then when it came down to starting a youtube channel um i wasn't sure on what to name it because i wasn't sure if i wanted to be specifically just mountain biking or if i wanted to incorporate other things too and this is before i knew it was really important to have like a niche and that was like one of the big things to do and so I'm like, oh, if I do the shred shed, then that can incorporate anything that's shredding, right? Like wakeboarding and snowboarding. Yeah. And that way you're not limited to, in Michigan, several months. And then you have six months where you can't ride. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, no, well, yeah. So I, I landed on that. But then once getting into YouTube, learned that I didn't want to do other, other things on the channel. I wanted to just to be specifically mountain biking or mountain bike related things. So You'll probably never see me snowboarding on my channel. So no. What nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love watching other channels that do all sorts of things. Because when you a lot of times when you find someone on YouTube, you're not watching them just because of what they're doing. You're watching them because you like the person and you're like what they're doing, and you start to learn their friends and their dogs and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's like Seth's a perfect example. He makes breakfast on this channel sometimes, and oh hundreds of thousands of people watch it. That's funny you bring up the avocado toast. <laughs> People, I love the comments on that. It's just like, this is proof that any of us will watch anything Seth does. Right. Well, like one of my other favorite channels in like the mountain biking space is the Shreddest. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Yeah. Um, he does like, he does all sorts of other stuff too. He's like, he does van projects. He does motorcycle content and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He put out a video a few weeks ago. Um, I think it was when he was working on his dirt bike. I don't think he said a word in the whole video. It was like 10 minutes long and just watch the whole thing. I don't think he said a word. It was just interesting and he made it edited really well and all that stuff. So it's that ASMR thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. You just sit there and rub your mountain bike tire, <laughs> the knobs, just making noise. And people are like, oh, did you see the shred shed? <laughs> now, do you have, you got a new house. Do you have a shed? Uh, not really. So that's um, where it's going to be. I just weird. break down the fourth wall? <laughs> well, we have a we have a garage a detached garage so i guess you could call that a shed it's just a much bigger shed than what i'm used to so when we first when we first started this whole thing like there was a tiny little shed but then the people we were renting the house from like hey we got this bigger shed do you want it like absolutely this little shed will just be storage for all of our other crap and then this new shed will be the shred shed so that was only bikes and bike related stuff and the workbench and my tools and all that kind of stuff the other shed was just wherever we threw tote bins of winter clothes and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff um so yeah that's where like the shred shed lived i guess I that's <laughs> do you want another shed have you seen my channel <laughs> <laughs> so sheds are sweet but at the same time i have so much more space in the garage However, parking our cars in the garage over the winter means I had way less space to work in. And so here's an idea. You should do a video on how to store your bike. What do you mean? Like how I was joking because you do a whole video on how to. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, oh, do you mean like different ways to store your bike? Like I just made it a couple of weeks ago. Go check it out. Get it. That's why I asked, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, is, is there something I'm missing? Or I'm on it. I do my research and I am just a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have one of those plastic sheds in my backyard, but I live in a, a duplex and that shed is, is 
don't, my wife has to open the door. We have animals in Florida. They got skin. I don't mind lizards, <laughs> but there's a tree frog that lives in my shed. And I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's a, it's a fuzzy little baby bunny. If you open up a door and that bunny jumps out onto me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That frog <laughs> does it every time. And every time I, <laughs> my pants. <laughs> I'm like, honey, could you go? So, yeah, I'm not doing, I'm not doing little segments in that shed, buddy. <laughs> the other thing, too, that, like, I liked about doing videos in the shed is I'm big on, like, organization and, like, finding ways to make things work in tight little areas and stuff. That's great. So that was something that was super fun with the first shed is, like, I had a workbench that was, like, one, it was, like, two feet taller than it should have been because it was there before we moved in. Yeah. But, like I said, we had to pack all this other crap in there. So like I had a little section for tools and not really much other spots. So like you had to be super organized to pack your bikes into a tight area and all that kind of stuff. So on to back. Wow. I'm a mess tonight. You're, you're, I, I, I'm not going to cut this pausing out. <laughs> You're storytelling. You're, you're into finance. Yeah. You have such a gift with storytelling. Do, do, do you write the story down first? Yeah. In a lot of cases, I do write out a script. Um, just because, like, I know what the video I want to make is in my head. So, like, mm -hmm. I'll go through and write it out and stuff. I do a lot of, almost all my videos are voiceovers. I have like yeah. maybe, I maybe have one video where I'm like, all right, talking to a camera. I I'm awkward doing that. I do better like filming stuff and like telling the story through different clips and then voicing the voiceover afterwards. And yeah. So, yeah, I usually go through and write it out. Um, I didn't start doing that until um, a little while in before I was just like, oh, I want to say this here. So I'd say it and then pause and then think about what I want to say next or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I usually uh write out the whole script of what i want to say and sometimes it's kind of ad hoc we're like yeah. put bullet points then kind of speak other times it's like word for word written it down um, now do you watch the videos as you're thinking of what okay here i want to say this and this uh so it depends it depends on the type of video and stuff so like if it's a writing video for example yes i'll i'll watch the video like i'll narrow it down to the clips that i want to include and stuff but I still know there's going to be a story I want to tell, or maybe not a story, but like something I want to say in it or like point out different aspects of the trail and stuff. So I'll write those things down and everything. But if it's a video, I tend to do more videos that are not just writing, more like yeah. lodge content, shed content, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, we're doing this on our bike today or whatever. Um, then it's like, I know there's an actual thing that needs to be said. So before there's times where I'll write the script before I even film the video, before I film any clips. Oh, wow. Because there's some times where I'm telling the story and then just using video clips to support whatever I'm talking about. Yeah. And there's other times where the whole thing is based on the video and then I need just to come up with words afterwards. So it, it really depends on the type of video I'm making. And where, where does this, this talent for story, com story writing come from? Are you, <laughs> Were you good? At, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kidding, man. Like you putting to get new bike day with your your the the little bike. 
Yeah. So I was super proud of that video. Like that was, that's probably that, my That is one video. of my favorite videos. Thanks. That's what made like, me become like a huge fan of yours. And you're talking about the Strider, right? Like where we announced yeah. it. Right? Yeah. It was so adorable. Like here you are bringing in this new life and your, your whole family rides together. And now you want to just, I'm, <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate beautiful. it. I'm, I was super proud of that video. I liked it a lot. Um, I, no, I don't think I'm good at storytelling at all. I, I try to be good, but like, I don't know. Like in school, like I was never good at like writing papers. Still would be terrible at writing papers. If you said to go write a paper about something, I'd be terrible at it. I think it's just something I really enjoy doing. So I'm better at it. Again, I don't think I'm good at it, but by your definition, I guess I'm good. So no, it's amazing. Um, that that's that storyline. And it was such a short video. It wasn't a really long video. Yeah, it was only a couple of minutes, like two or three, maybe. And it pulled you, but even just your bike washing video. <laughs> it was like mountain bike porn. It was just a, <laughs> So you wrote that, you probably wrote that one out first. Uh, yeah, but then there's other things too. Like, so I've never went out and did something just for the sake of a video. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just haven't did it. Yeah. Um, everything has been like, oh, I need to go do this. Can I make a video on it? Sure. So I'll film it. And then if there's a way to turn it into a video and put some sort of a story to it, or even if there's no story, but you can make it somewhat entertaining, I'll try and do that. Um, the bike washing was a perfect example like i need to wash my bike it's about to be winter and i don't want to do this when it's 10 degrees outside <laughs> and it's currently filthy so i'm gonna go do it i'll set my camera up take a couple of slow motion b-roll shots and then if i can find a way to make a video on it cool if not i'll just delete them off of my phone that's hysterical uh, it's do you feel the need and i ask this to all the youtubers do you feel the need like i really need to create a video today yeah, or this week hundred percent. And how yeah, often do so, you try to do it? I would love to do at least a video a week, but that's not realistic anymore. So when I first started doing videos, um, I was pretty good the first year. I think I did 45 videos in the first year. If I remember somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark, anyways, like 40 to 50 videos. And so, I mean, that's almost a video a week. There was times where I took like two weeks off and then I would do two videos in a week or something. Um, and then last year was, would be the second year of doing YouTube. Well, our lives changed very dramatically at that point because mm -hmm. we were pregnant we were bought up, we bought a house. So we moved and then our daughter was born and yeah, it was just a very different year. So I, I was more focused on life and moving and house projects and all that yeah. kind of stuff as opposed to editing. Um, now, um, I just posted a video yesterday, mm -hmm. yesterday, yeah. our time talking. I'm not sure when this video is going to go up, but yesterday, our time talking, um, <laughs> that would be four weeks in a row of me getting a video out, which is the first in a long time of like being that consistent. Um, now I'd like to do one every other week, at least. I think that'd be a good schedule for me to where like, I could either spend two weeks and do an hour a day every now and then whenever I have downtime working on it yeah. or just grind and get one out in a day or two. And then take a week to relax and not have to worry about it and stuff. But I'd love to at least do one every other week. That'd be the ideal for me. And right you got to keep up with the Instagram too. Yeah, I'm bad about that. I tried doing the whole post every day thing. And then I feel like I'm just posting to post and 
I didn't care about sharing that picture and people didn't care about seeing a picture of my handlebars. And I'm like, I'm just doing this because they say you got to do it. That's what I, I found I funny. I like, want to share something on Instagram and that's pretty much it. People always ask me like, how do you get it out there? And I, and I realized while I'm doing all this research, I, I had to start an Instagram page. Nobody does Facebook anymore. My mom <laughs> does Facebook, so 75. <laughs> Nobody our age really. So I, ha- I don't have a Facebook. I, I did the Twitter. Don't even look at it. I don't even think I know the password anymore. But I found out that, that Instagram, that's where all the mountain bikers are. Yeah. And See, I new- love Instagram. I love scrolling through and seeing different things and stuff. I'm just bad about posting on it. Yeah, no, it's funny because I, I no longer look at my personal Instagram anymore or my Facebook. It's just Same. MTV Q&A. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I was talking to somebody and they said, you should post at least three times a day. I'm like, I got a wow. job. I got a wife. I got two dogs. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, I try I to do something, but. I never log into my personal one anymore. Like outside of the couple of pictures I posted of my daughter since she was born, I was scrolling on it the other day when I opened it up. I'm like, I haven't posted a picture of my personal account in like a year and a half. Other than like my daughter being born, I'm like, I post pretty frequently on my uh, Shred Shed account. So I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm active on Instagram. But then I see my feed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't posted in over a year on my personal one. Yeah, so that was me. It's funny. I'll go around to every now and then just to check. And every now and then I'll post something because I, I have a boat. So we go boating and I'll cool. look at me. Don't you wish you could be me? <laughs> Those guys. That, that uh, Instagram clout, man. Do you do you have favorite Instagrammers? Do you have favorite YouTubers, mountain bikers? Yeah. Who influenced you? Um. So I watch a lot of YouTube outside of mountain biking as well. Like I'd say some of my favorite YouTube channels are not even mountain bike related. So I watch a lot of woodworking. I don't do woodworking. I probably couldn't make anything out of wood outside. Like I've made like projects and stuff before, but in terms of like, the craftsmanship of woodwork. Yeah. I can't do that. I enjoy watching the videos though. Like one of my favorite channels right now is this channel called Jackman Works. Um, he does a lot of different, really crazy, like makes screwdrivers that are like six feet tall and like ridiculous projects. Ridiculous things. But yeah, I came across his channel and was instantly drawn in because of one him, he's super funny. But then like just the way he edits, like I feel like I get a lot of inspiration in my editing from him. I hope it's not taken as copying but no like there's i'm like oh man how the how the heck did he do that so now i want to learn how to do it and like oh well i just spent four hours learning how to do this i might as well include it in my video at least once so that's i'll do that sometimes and stuff but um no like the other thing about mountain bike youtubers there's so many of them there's so god for me like there's like Yeah, you're in heaven, right? Like you have an unlimited list of who you could talk to. Well, unlimited list of people maybe wanting to. <laughs> but yeah, well, like look at it in terms of like subscriber count. Like you maybe have what five to ten that are over a million, right? Like somewhere in that. But there's there's probably more even that I've never heard of. But then you go down to like a hundred thousand to a million, and there's got to be hundreds hundreds of them i've never heard of all of them right like you've never heard of all of them nobody's heard of all of them mm-hmm. and then, then you, you go down them. into like ten thousand to a hundred thousand and there's thousands yeah, and then there's hundreds of thousands of people who have a thousand or less like it's insane oh there's tons so, that you get around you 
the th yeah three thousands and stuff and see and i think i'm like oh man i got over three thousand subscribers i'm starting to make some some traction with this mountain bike youtube thing and then you'll come across a thousand other pages that have twenty thousand subscribers that i've never heard of before and it's like how are there so many of these people they're everywhere oh it's like, amazing the other day actually i was um i saw a post where, like oh me and one of the guys that I watched, he, he was jumping on some live stream with like six other people that all had like 50,000 subscribers. And I've never heard of any of that. And like, how is there a mountain biker with 50,000 subscribers that I've never heard of? Yeah, there's I feel so like I watch a ton of YouTube. But is there, is there, but other than your, your, your hoodie there, I mean, there's the, there's the big ones. You've got your, you know, your berm peaks, your BKXC, single track sampler, skills with Phil. Yeah. Who's the other fifth? I always say there's five big. Oh, there's tons, man. Yeah, but and and again, we could, and that's when I started this. Like I started watching, and I got addicted to probably about twenty different pages. But then you're scrolling, and you're like, well, well, "Wait a minute, him? Now I got to watch him." Yeah. Who's him? Who's yeah? Him? Like I mentioned, the, I mentioned the Shreddest earlier. Like he's one of my favorite channels. Like no matter what he posts, I'm gonna watch it. I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm subscribed to him. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that are like larger that stand out. There's some smaller ones too. I watch like you interviewed uh, Duke of MTB last time. Mm -hmm. um, I watched his channel. I watch uh, Run Bike Mike. A lot of those guys. Um, that's what we talked about in the very beginning. But I, how do you yeah. know Run Bike Mike? So that's the thing. We know each other through YouTube. Same for Duke of MTB. When we were all kind of starting out run bike mike started this thing on instagram where he's like hey i'm gonna grab 10 youtubers that are mountain, mountain bike youtubers that are similar size as me and we're just gonna chat we're gonna start a group chat on instagram and we can bounce ideas off each other and we can critique each other's videos or just say hi to each other whatever it might be so he included me in that chat I'm like who's this guy invite me to oh cool he's another mountain bike youtuber so I know him through that. Like I've never met him in person, Oh, okay. but like, I know him through YouTube. What a great guy. What a great page. Yeah. So there's like probably 10 or so of us that are all in that, that chat. So every now and then someone will post two different thumbnails and say, Hey, what do you think of this one over this one? Or something like that. That would be a part of that chat. <laughs> <laughs> so and your answer is with, with, you, you watch all kinds of YouTube. You don't just have one inspiration or anybody that like got you and said, this is what I want to do. Because I got to be honest, you, you have your own little originality to it. It yeah. doesn't look like you're copying anyone with your, I hope not. I don't know. That's it. the thing. It's like, you could do a POV the whole time, right? But your look is so unique. I mean, I could have started a POV. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of guys down at POV, but someone the same guy i have a friend who does the five hundred thousand subscribers of pro wrestling what are you going to do to stand out from the other guy and i think it's your editing your storytelling and your fucking thumbnails <laughs> thanks appreciate it i tend to have a pretty decent click-through rate I don't know if you follow all the random metrics that YouTube gives you. And no, stuff. I'm still, I still, after a six or seven months, I'm still learning that. So they say that like one of the big ones is your click-through rate. And that's how many times YouTube shows your thumbnail to someone and the ratio of how many people click on it. So 
if it's shown to 100 people and 10 people click on it, you have a 10% click-through rate. Yeah. Mine tends to be between 10 and 15%. But the problem is it's not getting shown to hundreds of thousands of people because I'm terrible at SEO. I don't know anything about getting the video out to hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. But the people that YouTube gives it to, a fair amount of them click on it. So. I think I had, a, I had I, one was a really good, I don't, I don't pay attention to the analytics. I guess I could look on my YouTube buddy. <laughs> but YouTube I, buddy you a, use YT Studio. What's that? Oh yeah, the YouTube Studio. That's I use that one the most. I used to use TubeBuddy a lot. Yeah, uh, YT Studio. Yeah, that's and my. We had a really good click-through rating. It was I forget who it was. It was Robert Schumacher, mm-hmm. Biker Bar B1. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever watched him. Yeah, yeah, I like Robert a lot. He's funny. Yeah, he's a really. I actually just watched one of his videos today. I loved his uh, the ninety second reviews that he does. I love them. It's such a good idea too, because no one wants to watch an eight minute video review. Oh, here's my water bottle in ninety seconds. Rattle it off. He's yeah. like, if if you ask me on the trail what I think about this product, that's what that video is going to be. And yeah, it's such a good idea for him too, because then he doesn't have to go through and play in this big elaborate video. He can just all right. Multi-tool today, 90 seconds. Yeah, here, let me hit my phone and boom. (laughs) Again, not being, promoting anybody else's, but I don't even know where you're going to (laughs) be. But this guy's channel. (laughs) (laughs) What, uh, you just, oh God, here we go. Here we go. I lost it again. Where were we going? We were talking YouTube. So we've been talking about this whole time, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. You're mentioning, oh, click through right. We were talking about. Was oh, we were talking about uh, influences, stuff like that. Um, wow. Train just derailed. Well, I mean, prior to like getting into YouTube analytics stuff, we were talking about like, you asked if I had any, any specific person for inspiration in terms of videos. There you go. Do you have any room? I don't know. I, don't know. Like, I feel like I just take bits and pieces of what I like out of different editing styles that I've seen before and just kind of mash it all together. Can but you, I don't even know if I have a specific editing style. I don't know. You do. And, and, and I want, this is, this is where we're getting at. Okay. <laughs> Cause yeah, I love the fact you were working at your bench mirror window. Yeah. <laughs> you walk away. The mirror's still there. <laughs> you're still there. Or even your, your, uh, the, the magic wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so that, that's that, some skill, man. Don't brush that off. Not, not in front of me, man. But that's a perfect example of something where I'm like, how did somebody do that? Like, I'll see it in a video. I'm like, how did that just happen? And then I'll kind of watch it like five or six times and think of like, oh, it was probably this. So I'll go through and tinker in the, in DaVinci for a while until I can figure it out. If, and if not, go over to YouTube, how to do this. And then next thing you know, I'm like, well, I just spent three hours making this stupid magic wheel video. <laughs> Might as well upload it. Might as well. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you do have that. You're bringing that style more and more. You're walking in the frame, and then I'll add, before you're even out of frame, here you come again. Yeah. And I used to I do that a lot. That, I mentioned that Jackman Works guy. He does a lot of that stuff in his video. So, like, definitely take inspiration from his videos in terms of, like, that type of stuff. That's a, it's a, it really makes you stand out. Now, does your wife ever, I know she's in some videos, but she's kind of like the back or the front. Do you, do, do you ever feel like she, you want to collab with her? <laughs> I don't know if she would. If I ever said like, hey, come out to the garage and help me build a bike. 
she'd she would but i don't think she'd be like oh and today we're gonna put the handlebars here like that would never she happen does, she like, doesn't have that i i also don't have it though. like i said like i always film and then do a voiceover afterwards like i wouldn't talk to the camera i don't know if she would do that with me no i have several riding video actually quite a few riding videos where like i'm filming her in the ride type thing like we're both yeah. just riding this trail together and she's the one you don't want to do like a kyle and april type thing no and not that there's anything <laughs> like any reason not to it's just that's not what that's i'm doing not. right and you just got to grab yeah, it. Not, there's anything wrong with that i'm not at all saying no that. no no just it's not it's not your channel yeah um and you just got a gravel bike yeah i did i did is it the first one who yeah for someone who smack talks roadies and xc riding i got a gravel bike with with clips actually but yeah i'm excited it's again like i i joke about like oh xc and stuff but i like every part of biking um yeah yeah so i got a gravel bike um i'm actually working with poseidon on this series where um we'll explore different avenues of like gravel biking and possibly do some bike packing trips and stuff like that so <gasps> have you ever done that i have not i'd love to though because like I mentioned a few different times like camping gear and stuff we have like I would love to get into like actual backpack camping like hike off into the mountains and be gone for two weeks but again you only have so many hobbies you only have so much time you can devote to certain things yeah you gotta um, pay the bills yeah exactly and all that lightweight gear is so expensive and stuff um so we've been content with car camping and stuff like that but um no I'd love to do bike packing I would love to do it just the time and i don't have any of the gear so i'd be gathering all that stuff too so yeah you you just you you're like me you like bike yeah like i had a hair up my butt one time and i just and when the single speed uh trend came with the 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 the, the bullhorn handlebars and the fancy bike stuff i i bought a bike stripped it i wish i did this before and i could do like a an old shovel or run bike mic kind of ASMR yeah. where you hear me sanding. Uh -huh. But I, I I did it all out and made it look like an old rat rod. It was red, black, and white paint. And I had 75-inch handlebars, ape hangers, instead of bullhorns, <laughs> what everyone else had. I was like, I'm cruising <laughs> around like this. I, I used to I used to build a, a low rider bicycles. Okay. They all chromed out, twisted metal. I just Right. I love bikes. Uh-huh. That yeah. seems like you've got that. You've got a dirt jumper. You've got a gravel bike. You've got a, you don't have a fat tire yet. I don't. So that's one that's on my, I call it my hit list. One that I'd rather get in the immediate future, but it's probably not going to come for a while. Um, but no, I'd love to get a fat. That's the other thing too. You don't get one. Rachel needs one too. So <laughs> that's the one downside to when your spouse rides too. And then soon the whole family. If you get one fat bike, you gotta get one for the wife and the kids, and which is great. It's a yeah. bad, it's a good problem to have. But um, yeah, I'd love to get a fat bike. I'd love to get a trials bike. I'd probably be terrible at trials, but I'd love to mess around on it. I've always wanted one of those. I At least mess around with one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like to people who do trials, they're gonna think this is the dumbest comment in the world, but. I, I put a front brake on my dirt jumper so I can mess around with some trial stuff, like just pivoting on the front tire and doing different hops and stuff. Like I'll mess around in the garage doing stuff like that. Um, the dirt jumper is not the right bike for that, but yeah. 
I wish I had an actual trials bike that I could devote towards it. I used to try stuff like that. I had a Haro Revo 9. Okay. Many moons ago. God, I was living in California at the time. And it had the, the pegs on the, on the, on the sides of the, the and, uh -huh. and I, I would try, I would try to do stuff like that. And I would try to kick and kick and spin. I could get kick and spin around. I could lift it up and, and do the hop uh -huh. and stuff. But yeah, I think the trials bike would be kind of fun. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to go out around town. Like I'm going to go around how to do trial stuff today in the middle of downtown Midland. Like yeah. I'd set something up in my house. I'd throw logs out in the yard and go hop around. <laughs> You're a family man now. You don't need to go out town jumping <laughs> around on a bike. Why is this 27-year-old guy hopping around when he doesn't know what he's doing? And is that all you are? Yeah. Almost 28. I think 27. I'm old enough to be your dad then. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your dad's still riding, because he's still young. No, they're they're young 50s. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna let you slide. It hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit. They're so, young in fifties, though. Like neither of them look in their fifties, and they don't act like it either because they're they said we're out mountain biking and camping and all that stuff. Isn't that weird? Like I, I just turned fifty in November, and I remember my parents at fifty, and they never mountain biked. They never. I never saw them do anything like i got a buddy my, one of my best friends is 65 rides three days a week sweet so you know you're still going to be riding right you, you know it's it's amazing as long as you keep it going your <laughs> daughter is how old? uh seven months oh so that little strider is it being so it's being used so there's a base that strider makes it's called a rocking base uh -huh. and it converts the bike into basically like a rocking horse but it's a bike and she, she rocks around on that. It's sweet. So she's already getting used to sitting on the seat and holding onto the handlebars and stuff. She's not riding it, but she'll rock around on it and stuff. My cheeks hurt. That is so, all the kids, it just, it's so beautiful that you got, I know. you're already starting. I haven't posted any videos about that because I'm really hesitant to include her in videos. Um, I don't know why. Maybe just being a parent, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but you're protective. You know, I mean. Yeah, I don't yeah, want my... I don't want my 200 people who watch my videos to see. I don't, I don't know. Stop it. You know, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you've got a family. You've got all the time in the world. Oh. It's up to you. If you want to keep going, let's keep going. If you're calling it, let's call it. All I wanted to say was, and I'll call it. I want you to get back. And I, I feel always, I always feel guilty about taking so long with these no, things. No, this is great. But huge fan huge fan I, I gotta say that i'm gonna say it now i won't cut it out when you replied to saying you wanted to do this i i i, I was at dinner with my wife and, my, and i said lauren i said this red shed he's gonna she goes who yeah. that's what anybody else would say too They're like who she was like who and i go no no you don't understand huge fan this is this was like and I, I even think I said, look, goosebumps. <laughs> I said, he wants to, he, he'll, he'll agree to do this. And, and I can't, I can't appreciate you, you above expectations. I mean, well, no, it's, it, it, you said, what do you say when you're, you're even with, so I expected you to be just as good. 
you seem like a great guy in your videos and you, you just, you are. And I can't thank you enough. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. I know. Uh, I, watch, I watch a lot of your other interviews and stuff too. So I know. Uh, I'm a fan well, as well, likewise. <laughs> I don't know if blowing smoke up your butt is like, people <laughs> just sit there and go, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but appreciate it. Um, folks, get over this guy. If you're, if you're not one of the many, many subscribers already of the Shred Shed, get over there now. Do it. I'll put a link to his, uh, I, I swear to. Right. It's, is it here? Is it here? Is, I don't even, I can't even do my hands right. It's See, somewhere. That's the problem with when you don't like, I don't talk to a camera, so I don't know what way my face is pointing and my hands are going. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to help you there. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's there somewhere over there. Yeah. Subscribe, like, blah, blah, blah. Folks, Calvin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now go get your bikes dirty, folks. <laughs>